Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Hollywood and Levine. I am Ken Levine, your podcast host. And my guest this week and next is Aaron Korsh. Now, he is the creator and the showrunner of Suits. Now, it ran for nine seasons on the USA Network. It did very well. And then it was on Amazon, and it did okay. And then last year, it switched over to Netflix, and it just blew up. It was this huge ratings juggernaut. Now, I must admit... I was a big fan of the show. I watched it when it was on the USA Network, and I binged watched it and loved it just as much uh, the second time when I saw it on Netflix. And yeah, this is the show that featured Meghan Markle, who then went on to marry Prince Harry and is now the Duchess of Sussex. Don't expect to see her in any of the reunions. Anyway... While Suits is riding high on the zeitgeist, I thought, well, you know, this would probably be the perfect time to meet its creator and talk about the show. So, my guest this week and next is Aaron Course. So that's coming up, but first, I have a new sponsor. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Okay, so what is BetterHelp? It is online therapy. Look, we're at the start of the year. Everyone is making their resolutions. Most of them will abandon them by February. But in general, it's a good time to kind of take stock of your life. You know, what do you like about yourself? What do you want to change? Or there's the state of the world, uh, our democracy, climate change, foreign wars. Who isn't anxious as hell? Well, what better time for better help? It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. What you do is you just fill out a brief questionnaire, just takes a couple of minutes, to get you matched with a licensed therapist. And if you're not happy with the therapist, you can change it any time at no additional cost. Hey, my college degree is in psychology, and I wrote Fraser and Lilith for 22 years. I believe in therapy. So celebrate the progress that you have already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Levine today and get 10% off your first month. Once again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Levine. Okay, now let's meet Aaron Korsh. Hollywood and Levine. 
Well, before we get into Suits, let's talk about you. Where did you grow up, and did you want to be a writer when you were a kid? Um, that's a great question. Uh, I grew up right outside of Philadelphia. Um, uh, Melrose Park was the name of the town. And by the way, let me just say, just because I just found this out recently, I went to a, a public high school at Cheltenham High outside of Philadelphia, and I found out, I think there are something like seven or eight showrunners that have come from my high school. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, the guys that uh, uh, did uh, Columbo and Murder, She Wrote, and... Levinson and Link went to your high school? Yeah, they went to my high school. And I didn't know them. I didn't know any Right, well, yeah, they would have been... Yeah, yeah, 50 years older than you. Yeah. <laughs> <Something like> <laughs> if they were uh, still in high school, that'd be a problem. Yes, I, I found out that because one of them died a couple of years, two, three years ago. My mother sent me the article. I was working with a, a suits writer, and the suits writer said, wow, you thought you were the only writer to come out of your high school. It turns out you're the least successful. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, yeah, then I found out I fried Eileen Chaikin and, the, oh, the guy that created The Old Man and the woman that did Firefly Lane and Little Dickie uh, uh, from the show Dave and I think maybe one or two others. It's crazy. Yeah, well, uh, not to top you. But the lead singer of the Strawberry Alarm Clock went to my high school. <laughs> I love okay? it. Hey, I read it. When I All went, right. there, I thought our big claims to fame were Reggie Jackson and Benjamin Netanyahu both went to my high school. I oh, man. Okay. Well... All of a sudden, uh, the strawberry alarm clock is looking good. <laughs> did you uh, always want to be a writer? I, I did not. I never wrote. A, I, I did all that I could to avoid writing. Uh, you know, I went to I went to Wharton uh, uh, Business School undergrad. You know, I specifically tried to never write a paper in college. I I had to write a few. Um, but I was like a math guy, and I did not. Somewhere deep in my mind, I guess I had a fantasy of maybe I would want to write a book one day because I was a huge reader and I was a huge television and movie fan. But books just seemed like climbing, you know, Mount Everest to me. I never thought I could do it. And uh, movies and TV, I don't even really know that it occurred to me that people, it would have been like being a, going to the moon, being an astronaut. Like it just did not occur to me that that profession was open to me. Um, and then what happened was after I, I graduated college, I worked on Wall Street for a few years. I ended up not really loving it. And then one of my college roommates died when I was about 25 or 26. And it just hit me like, like sort of a freight train. I'm like, I hate what, I, what my life is and I can die. So I just kind of quit and blew up my life. And, and while I was figuring out what to do next, I was in LA and I had a friend that took me to a table read of a, um, of a sitcom pilot actually starring, um, Brian, uh, Cranston show that never got, you know, on the air. But after that table read, there was like a rewrite with these writers and I got to sit at the table and watch it. And I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is what you guys do for a living. This is the greatest thing in the world. And that sparked my, you know, long road to trying to become a writer. So how did you break into the business? Um, well, that friend who had been very successful, very young, said to me, if you want to, I, 
I wrote a spec script and I showed it to him and he thought it was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And he was honest with me. And he said, if you want to be a writer, you have to learn how to structure a story. You know, you don't really understand story structure. It's clear from this script. So he recommended I become a writer's assistant. And I called about, you know, a thousand places um, at the time. And I convinced this woman and he said, get a job on any show, any job you can kick ass for them and then ask to become the writer assistant because you probably won't be able to get a writer assistant job. So I got a job. I convinced the production coordinator of everybody loves Raymond to give me a PA job. And then uh, I did that for a year and then they promoted me and, and that's how it started. So were you there when I was directing Raymond? I was, I was, I was there. I remember you coming into the room. You were the only director uh, that ever came in the room and pitched. And and um, I can't remember if it was my, the year when I was a PA or one of the next year or two when I was a writer's assistant. Um, but yeah, and, and by the way, I feel like I got so lucky to learn from, from those guys. Was, oh, you learned from the best. Best. You absolutely did, yeah. And you were also on Just Shoot Me for a while, right? Yes, that was a few years later. Uh, one season, their last season, I was a writer's assistant there. And again, such a high-powered writer's room. It was really impressive. I got I got lucky in the places I got to work. So you got to do uh, an Everybody Loves Raymond and also a Just Shoot Me. So you were you were on your way to being a comedy writer, how did you gravitate towards our dramas? That's, that's a great question. So I, yeah, I mean, I wanted to be a sitcom writer, right? I loved sitcoms at the time, but, um, and I did finally get, sta- so sort of as I got into it, it was just as sitcoms were shrinking, you know, their popularity was was starting to wane. So the pipeline, a lot of people would be writer assistants and then get staffed on shows. And that started drying up. And I was just having trouble getting staffed. I did eventually get staffed by um, Stacy Traub, who uh, staffed me on a show called Notes from the Under- Underbelly that lasted two years. And it was a dream job. I loved the staff. I loved her. I loved the cast. I loved the show. Um, but it got canceled during the strike of 2008. And after the strike, my agent at the time, who is now my manager, Dennis Kim, um, said, you know, I was always telling him these stories about when I worked on Wall Street. So he said, why don't you write about that? This guy named Harvey and all these people. Um, and I intended for it to be a half hour, kind of like an entourage tone type of thing. And it just ended up coming out as an hour long. I'd never written an hour long. I, it just came out that way. And then it hit and the rest was, I never got another job in a comedy again. <laughs> Okay, well, let's go back to that a little bit. So from Wall Street to a law firm, why did you make it a law firm? And, well, I have a number of questions, so I'm going to ask them all. Um, It's such an interesting high concept that you spun having one of the lawyers actually not be a lawyer. And then my other question is, so did you actually know a Harvey Specter? Is there actually uh, a guy like that? No, there is not. Well, 
right. So first of all, I didn't make them lawyers. I made them investment bankers. That the pilot was uh. investment bankers. And basically, you know, Dennis showed it to like four, I think it was 14 different production companies, 11 of which said, we love this pilot, but we can't do anything with it. You know, we just want to meet you. Two of them said, make them lawyers and we can sell them, sell it. And one of them said, we want to try and sell it as is. So I went with the ones that wanted to sell it as is, but we quickly somehow, Dennis also got it to USA and they just didn't do you know, back then it was Mad Men was like the only show that was a non-franchise case of the week show on TV, practically. Right. Uh, so they said basically, if you can make it a case of the week show, we love these characters, we'll do it. And I thought, but the only way to do that was to make them lawyers. So that's how they became lawyers. Um, wait a minute. The second question was the premise. Yeah, the oh, very the high concept yes. premise. So the high concept premise was. Basically, I always felt out of place in the world of Wall Street, right? And in a way, I felt like a fraud, right? I was this, by the way, I was, I was a pothead, right? Like Mike was. <laughs> maybe I did a few, maybe if I'd have been a cokehead, I wouldn't have felt so out of place back in the 80s of Wall Street. But anyway, um, I felt out of place. I felt like a fraud. So I, so I don't, somewhere along the line, I decided to externalize the feelings of the fraud and make him an actual fraud. Um, I also, I mean, some of the stuff I think is subconscious. I don't know how conscious I was of all of it, but I had wanted to go to Harvard and I didn't get into Harvard. And I was really pissed about that. And the job that I got on, on, on Wall Street, they only hired guys from Harvard, Yale, and Wharton. And it wasn't a rule. It wasn't like if you didn't go there, you wouldn't be allowed to be hired. Right, right. The Harvard guys hired Harvard guys. The Yale guys hired Yale guys. And the Wharton guys hired Wharton guys. So that seemed too complicated for the show. So I was like, let's just make it Harvard. And let's just, you know, he wishes he'd gone there and he hadn't gone there. Um, and the last one, I can't believe I can't remember these questions. I'm getting so old. What, what was the last one? Well, I was one? asking you if you actually knew a guy like oh, Harvey yes. Specter. I did, I, my first boss's name was Harvey. Um, I don't usually say his last name, but what the hell, his name was Harvey Hannerfeld. Um, but he was not, look, he was to me, I thought he was sort of a superhero to me. And he was like, I was 21, I think he was 26, but he was more super, superhero in, I thought he was so poised and he was so excellent at business and he seemed so confident and to know what he was doing. So in, in in a business sense, he was like a superhero, but he wasn't like, you know, he wasn't a ladies man. And he was, you know, he wasn't, his personality was not that of Harvey. Probably the person that is the most Harvey Specter-like in personality would be actually my brother, who is just a very confident person. Um, so it, it was probably a combination of, the Harvey that I created was ha I created a guy that what I used my emotional feelings towards my original boss, Harvey, like thinking I, I sort of looked up to him and like he was a superhero, but I gave him personality more like my brother. And let's get into casting because finding Gabriel Mock, that is such a hard character to find uh, a handsome guy who is charming, who 
can do light comedy who you haven't seen before, who's not a movie star. It's like a needle in a haystack. <laughs> it was. You know, I mean, did when he came in, because I'm sure you read a lot of people, when he came in, did you go like, holy shit? Yeah. I mean, he, well, this is what happened. I don't know that I've ever told this story, but he, we had gone through a lot of people. And originally, the network envisioned the Harvey Mike thing, I think, as like a father-son, right? Then mm-hmm. I envisioned it as brothers, right? So we had a disconnect, and they were wanting older guys to be Harvey. And I just thought, it's a couple of things. I didn't like the relationship of father-son as much. But I also thought, if this guy's 50 years old and still hitting on women and like, I just didn't think that was like, that's, that's not great. Right. As, yeah. if, as opposed to you're in your mid late thirties, you're a little stunted. You have growing to do, but you're not like 50 years old and living the uh, single, you know, womanizing life. So we went through so many, we auditioned a ton of people and it was hard to get agreement and whatever. And we actually did make an offer to someone before Gabriel even was kind of mentioned but um, I had never heard of Gabriel, right? And and Dave Bartis was a big pushing Gabriel. And he said, he's a movie star. Like, because you had said somebody that you've never seen or heard of. And I was like, he's not a movie star. I've never, the definition of a movie star is <laughs> I've heard of him before. So I wasn't sure about Gabriel. And there was another guy that I really wanted that I'd known um, for a long time and thought he was a great actor and still think he he did an amazing audition. However, when Gabriel came in to the, to, he didn't know, he did audition, but he came in, we met with him. And the second I met him, I was like, wow, this guy is just so charismatic. And the essence of this role to me is charisma and charm. And he was very charming and very charismatic. And then, um, yeah, so he came in and the network did require him to audition and uh and he did and 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 he got the role yeah like i said it's so tough to find that character and you know casting i've always said is the most crucial part of the process because everything else you can fix but if you have the wrong guy you're dead and when you start seeing tons of people and they all come in and they're all wrong. And you start going, oh, is this guy out there? Does this character work? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, it's it's really tough. And then that guy comes in and you just go, yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> I, could not, I could not agree more. Well, let me say this. So um, I'll tell a couple of things. So, yeah, I, I produced a pilot with one of my writers a few years in. And I told him, I'm like, look, Rick, the first 10 people that come in, they are likely to make you think you're a terrible writer because they're not going to be right for the part. And you're going to think, I stink. My words are terrible. This is awful. Just like what you're saying, right? You Mm -hmm. really question your own. And then the person hits it and you're like, oh, thank God. Right. And I agree with you. Uh, uh, The cast the cast is so critical. And even if, by the way, you get someone who is great in every role, 
you're still rolling the dice on their chemistry. Like you don't really know what you have until that's right. And it's a lot of it is luck. Um, so I feel like we got so fortunate with, you know, so much of the cast over the years, but the original six, I can't believe how, you know, lucky it was a lot of luck. I mean, it was a lot of work, but it was a lot of luck involved. And Patrick Adams, uh, I don't know whether I got the story right or not, but he was available because he was fired off of another show. That that is, I I believe he did a sitcom, and I think he got fired, and that's why he was available. And obviously, I think his, I mean, I've heard him talk about this. His confidence took a hit, and he came in, and he he just killed it right away. Um, you know, he had to come back a few times because we were, I was new at the process and all that, but he just, he's so smart, right? He really is like a Mike Ross level of intelligence and he just, he was terrific. And we didn't know, like, again, we didn't know, are these two guys going to have chemistry? You know, we got just so lucky with, with the two of them. Yeah. When we were doing almost perfect with Nancy Travis, we needed a boyfriend for her. And again, we were trying to find that guy. And we had like three candidates. And when we hired Nancy, you know, sort of the same thing where um, she wouldn't read, but we just had to meet her because she was a movie star. Yeah. And we rolled the dice. We said, yeah, okay, she's fine. And we called Nancy and we said, could you come down and read with the three guys so that we can get a sense of the chemistry? And she said, sure, and came in and read with the three guys. And I mean, these are guys you see on television all the time. They're very successful, prominent actors. And the two things we found out was that Nancy was way better than we thought she would be. (laughs) And number two, she blew the three guys out of the room. It's like, we got to start from scratch. Ah, wow. Wow. You know, you just, you got to find that right guy. Cause you're right. The chemistry is, is, is really crucial. Everything. Uh, yeah. we, had, we had that problem. I mean, look, every, all of the casting was, you know, took, it was a process, but obviously Harvey and Mike were the, were the, were the ones. Harvey was a lot harder to find than, than Mike was because Patrick came in early. Okay. That's part one with Aaron Korsh. Next week, we get into more casting, also the whole Meghan Markle, how do you do, the royal wedding, uh, the show becoming such a phenomenal hit at uh, Netflix. So a lot to talk about, part two with Aaron Korsh. In the meantime, our thanks as always to Adam and Susie Meister-Butler, Howard Hoffman, John Wolford, Bruce, and Jason Miller. If you want to get in touch with me, my email address is hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. That's hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. Pretty soon I'm going to do another episode where I answer your questions. So if you have any showbiz questions or any question, whatever, I'm, I'm happy to answer Hollywood Levine at Outlook.com. And I am on Instagram, Hollywood and Levine, where you can see my New Yorker cartoons. Thanks again for listening. Part two coming up next week with Aaron Korsh, the creator of Suits, right here on Hollywood and Levine. <laughs>